This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. Taking our Bible reading and our text today from Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to use verses 11 and 12 uh, just as a tidbit, and we'll probably go into more of the chapter and another chapter uh, in this message today, but for brevity's sake, we'll just do these two verses and we'll tie it all together with the help of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Mr. Larson, could you stand and pray for the message? Messenger? We thank you, Lord, for this time to come together that we might be edified in your name, that we might grow, that we might learn that we might know more about you. We thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ, that he died for us and rose from the dead. Bless Pastor now as he preaches your word and anoint him and guide him by the Holy Spirit and touch our hearts that we might become better, better equipped Christians, better equipped men to serve you and to do your work. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. I want to speak today on this thought, assembling a winning team. Assembling a winning team. With the return of football season, you may participate in fantasy football or stumble upon a conversation of co-workers or friends that participate in fantasy football. We all know what that is. We've heard of fantasy football. In fantasy football, you join a group of others and assemble a team of your dreams, taking various players from real-life NFL teams or college teams and putting them on this fake team that you've uh, put, you know, assembled, whether it's on your phone or it's an actual digital version or through the internet or whatever. You select your quarterback, your linemen, your receivers... Every member of the team. And the goal is to assemble that right team in which when those players in real life win, you get points that makes your entire fantasy team win that week against your friends and others who participate. Most fantasy leagues have real rewards for the winners of the season, whether it's gift cards or... Uh, some sort of discounts, or sometimes people actually use real money for the winner of the fantasy league. So thus, you want to assemble a winning team. You don't want to pick the bad quarterbacks and the bad linemen. You want to assemble the best of the best. You want to put it all together. Now, God had a big task, and he still does today. And God has always used certain men and women to lead the larger group. Whether it was Abraham leading Isaac, Jacob leading his sons, Moses 
leading the children of Israel or Ezekiel. God always had a voice amongst the congregation. And that includes people like Deborah, who also judged Israel. So men and women, God uses both in the right content, though. But time came to change the name of the game. Jesus arrived and changed how the game was played. Amen. Yes, sir. He changed how the game was played. No longer were the animal sacrifices required. No longer was the structure that God had established required. Now we were going to fight a different warfare. Now God was going to assemble a team that was going to be able to take it straight to the gates of hell to fight against Satan. Amen. Amen. Through his resurrection from the death on the cross and through the arrival of the Holy Spirit, men and women began to once again call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. We wanted to do it now. We weren't forced. There was no law, uh, you know, like there in the Old Testament, the law of Moses. Now we have the love of Christ shed abroad in our hearts. And the church was born. The word church in the Greek is ecclesia, meaning assembly or community. A community. We are a community. We're not just a group of Christians that come to Sunday service and then we leave and that's it. And, and we may not get together throughout the middle of the week. We don't have any other services besides our Tuesday night Bible study. And I understand there's work issues and stuff that prevent us from getting together. But we still think about each other. We still pray about each other. And if there comes an occasion where we can meet together, a special service in the middle of the week, a conference, a revival, you bet we're going to be together. Because we are a family of God. Right. We may be small in this room today, but we're part of a much larger family of millions of people around the world. Millions of people right now are doing what we're doing and having church. Yeah. We may be just here in our service, but you know what? We're echoing the same sentiments of churches around the world. And right now, and I know we're a little bit past with time in Missouri, but they had Sunday morning service in Missouri there in the campground. They're preaching the same thing, and that is that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Yeah. We first see this word church in Matthew 16 and 18. Thus, we know that Jesus changed the game. And he said, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I'm going to assemble my team, my community, Jesus is saying. And we know that church means more than just a building. We are members of the church when we step out through those doors. We are members 24 stands. We're part of this community, whether we're uh, in this state or a different state, whether we're at work or we're at home. Like I said, we're a Christian. We're a part of this community. Amen. Yeah. Thus the team was began, began to be formed. Thousands were receiving Christ, many at the same time. Acts 2 and 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. This was the day of Pentecost. And the same day there were added unto them about 
thousand souls. Three thousand people gave their lives to Jesus there on the day of Pentecost through the pe preaching of Peter. But you know what? It was the preaching of Jesus Christ that saved them. It wasn't nothing special about Peter. Yes, he had the Holy Ghost baptism, but he was preaching through what God wanted him to preach. Amen. And that is that Jesus saves. Amen. So this team was beginning to get formed. Thousands were coming together. And still today, thousands give their lives to Christ. Hundreds at a time. Thousands at a time. I think about Reinhard Bunke, the German evangelist. How he would hold these crusades, these mega services in Nigeria and other places in Africa. And there'd be thousands and thousands of people of sea of multitude. And that's only small in comparison to the sea of multitude that there will be in heaven. When we see how many people have given their lives to Christ, it will be without number. Amen. And that's what the Bible tells us. He said, I saw the congregation, I saw million, uh, this, uh, a sea of people worshiping God. Yeah. There is a voice still on this earth, and it's us Christians. Just like any professional sports team or company, if all you have is players, you will never win a game. Our Bible reading talks about some of the positions of leadership that Jesus has instituted in the church. But we must also look at something. And I want to take 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. 12-12. If we were to title that section... We could say that we're one body with many members. One body with many members. And it talks about that how, no matter what, if you have a title or not, you are an essential part of the team in the overall mission of God. Everybody that comes into the house of God that has given their life to Jesus is a part of, of the overall mission. You are part of the game. You are on the team. Like we were talking about before service. I was. I made. Uh, that gentleman made me feel part of the team. That day when I arrived in Bible school. He was the first person I met. Who shook my hand and said welcome brother. He called me brother. He didn't sit there and say hold on. Let me prove him first. Let me find out his testimony first. When I said I'm here from Bible school. He said oh praise God. This is a brother I did not even know I had. And that was different than being in the army. You arrive at your first duty station and they want to mistreat you and look at you as you're nothing more than just as low, lowly private, whatever. But in God's house, the second you get up from that altar, yeah. the second you give your life to Christ, yeah. you are somebody in Jesus. You are part of the family. We're not going to say, oh, you've only been a Christian for a couple days. I've been a minister for 20-something years. I'm more refined than you. I'm more experienced than you. Well, guess what? That's not how it works. You get up from that altar. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to repentance. And praise God. You get up off that altar. I'm going to call you brother. I'm going to call you sister if you're a woman. I'm not going to call you sister if you're a male. Because we don't do that in this church. We don't believe that in this church. We believe that God made men men. And God made women women. If you don't like that, then go ahead and cancel my podcast. I don't care. I don't know how many people actually listen to it. If you do, go ahead and email us so I know. But praise God. You come off that altar. You give your life to Jesus. You are my brother. 
You are our part. And we all need each other. 1 Corinthians 12 and 20. I'm going to read some of it. But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head, nor, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more of those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. We need every part of the body if we're going to function properly. Amen. He's saying the feet cannot say to the head, I don't need you. Because it's the head, the mind, that tells the feet to move. And it's the feet that moves the head in the direction it wants to go. Even the small, littlest part of the body, the pinky finger, really plays a big part. You talk to people who've lost fingers and stuff. And yes, it's a little member. It's a tiny thing. But it really changes your life because you're so used to holding things a certain way and doing certain things with your hands that when you uh, hurt yourself, uh, even if you uh, cut your finger, how difficult is it to do certain tasks? What about when you break your finger and they put a split on it? It's very difficult to do the things that you normally do. You've got to learn how to... Uh, you got to rehab yourself pretty much to do those tasks, missing one part of the body. So we need every member. We need everybody, from the smallest to the biggest, Amen. for this machine, this game, this winning team to be able to achieve its mission. One thing that happens when a team wins a championship is that everyone on the team gets a ring or a trophy. In the case of Super Bowl champions, everyone gets a ring to include the owner of the team, the managers, the coaches, of course the players, and even the support staff, such as the medical trainers, equipment managers, those who buy the, the pads and all the stuff for the players, the, the people who uh, do the field, that uh, trim the grass and paint the lines, uh, the office staff. Those who book to travel for the athletes, who represent the athletes, the lawyers. Everybody gets a Super Bowl ring to include the water boy and the janitors. They all get something. Why? Because without each other, victory would not have been possible. I remember a story a couple years ago about uh, one trainer. He was working for one team. Halfway through the season, he went ahead and joined another team. Well, those two teams face each other in the Super Bowl. So either way, he was going to get a ring. Because he was there helping them the part, one half of the season, and the other half was the other team. But they still were going to award him a ring either way because his efforts led to both of their successes that season. And it's the same with us as believers. We are going to be rewarded for our uh, ministries, our outreach, our faithfulness, and it may not necessarily be equal or whatever, that we're going to leave to God, but we all need each other. We are all going to benefit from the same rewards. Yeah. We are all going to benefit from a growing church, a wonderful church. You say, well, how can I benefit? Well, the more people, guess what? We can get a better place, a more comfortable place, yeah. and that benefits you because then we can have more services and more fellowships some different things. We all benefit from each other. Amen. Everyone who comes to church is tasked by God. Our Bible reading and verses in uh, our Bible reading in Ephesians and the verses there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 only names a few of the key leaders and helps of the church. 
said apostles and, a pro- and prophets and evangelists. And then First Corinthians, it talks about helps and governments and different things like that. A large church with a bus ministry would not be the size they are if they had no one to drive the bus. We all have a part, whether we know it or not. We don't realize it. Even down to uh, the offering. People give are able to uh, pay more offering than others. And that, you know, that's not, we're not digging on anybody for that. That's between you and God. Some people make more money. Some people, you know. But that all helps. It all comes together. Some person may give a couple hundred dollars in offering where somebody gives a dollar. But what if I'm a dollar short? That one dollar that that one person put in helped. Amen. You'll be surprised how a dollar can change an entire church budget. Praise God. Everything works together. What is the reason for this team? What are we talking about today? Why did God establish certain offices and use us in the way that he does? Why can't we all just be church members? We're just sitting there. Why, why does he have us tasked? The, clean, the church cleaner, the bus driver, the children's church teacher, the ministers, the singers, the piano. Why does he have all these different things? Well, it tells us here in Ephesians 4 and 12. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Remember, we are also the saints. We are also part of the body. What we do also affects us. We are here for each other. It's a, it's a back and forth support system. I may preach, but through your singing, sir, and through you collecting the offering, sir, and different things, it helps us all. I get a blessing from the singing. I get a blessing from the fellowship. I get a blessing from it all, even carrying stuff in and out of the van. I get a blessing from. It edifies me to know that I have brothers that got my back. And I want to know that I got your back. I, it edifies me to know that people are praying for me. And believe it, I pray for everyone in this room. Amen. For the edifying of the body of Christ. We've got to realize that we benefit from each other. Even the pastor of the church benefited from having a pastor himself at one time. And I still have a pastor. But I wouldn't be here had I not had a pastor when I first got saved. If I didn't have somebody picking me up for church. If I didn't have brothers and sisters encouraging me in God. I would not be here today. One brother who could sing, listening to a song that at the altar call, that, that helped me. It built me up. It says it takes a village. It takes a congregation too. Yes. Amen. We would not have a group of believers if it were not for an apostle or a missionary. We would not have gotten saved without the preaching of an evangelist or the guidance of a pastor. We would not have been able to grow in word and doctrine without a teacher. You would not have been blessed if an usher did not pass around the offering bag. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You'd be surprised just him passing around that bag. Challenging us to give to God. And I'm glad for that. Because I've heard churches that don't necessarily collect tithe and offerings. I heard it that they put something on the on the wall. If you want to give, you can. If not, the pastor tends to be wealthy. He has a different career, whatever. He, he shows out the money for everything. But he's robbing people of that blessing. 
to get uh, by paying the tithe and offering. And that's what tithe offering does. It opens the windows of heaven. Amen. I do not believe in someone saying that they just want to be a church member or they're just a church member. We all bring something to the table. We all are called to win souls for him. We all have something to do in the body of Christ. The game is heaven or hell. And Team Jesus plays offense. This is Satan's territory and we are going to take souls from him. We're not in a defensive position. We're not just trying to hold on to our church, lock the doors, making sure no one comes in, hold our faith, keep it quiet to ourselves so no one takes it from us. No, we're going on the offense. The church has always been a church of offense. Going into cities and towns and villages and nations yeah. under penalties of death and tribulation and sword and famine and nakedness. We have always been going forward because of Jesus Christ Amen. and what he's done in our lives. We don't back up. We don't retreat. We keep fighting. We keep moving forward. We go into Satan's territory. Amen. Amen. Victory must be achieved by all. Once a team is assembled, everybody must be willing to train, practice, and play. We all must be, from the, the, the usher, to the piano player, to the pastor, to the evangelist, whatever it is, we all must practice, play, and participate. A team with a couple players who do not want to play will hinder the success of the team. Imagine that. You're playing football. You got your linemen all ready to go. You got your quarterback. You got your two safeties. But three or four linemen don't want to block. They don't want to stop that offensive line from coming to get the quarterback. Imagine if they just stood there like this. They didn't even huddle down and get ready to make the block. They just sat, sat there. They opened up and allowed people to run on through. You would never win a game. That quarterback would get sacked every snap that he did. We all got to be ready. We all got to do our part in God, whatever he's laid on our heart to do for him. Ephesians 4 and 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. And then also 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Both verses I just read are not position specific. Yes, Paul was writing there in Ephesians to the church in Ephesus, and there he was writing to Timothy. But that's for everybody. God, you don't see in the Bible that says the following chapters are for pastors only. The following chapters are for uh, musicians only. No, it's not like that. The Bible is for every single believer. We can glean something out of everything, whether you're a pastor or an evangelist or not. The word of God is for everybody. Because we cannot all be pastors or missionaries. God is the one who chooses who does what in his body. 1 Corinthians 12 and 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. God is the one who says, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, I'm going to lay this on your heart to do, and lay this on your heart to do. The man who scrubs the toilet in the church is just as important as the pastor. 
in the eyes of God. But Ephesians 4.1 tells us to walk worthy in whatever position that God has you in. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, we all have to study the playbook. He says, study to show thyself approved. Study the playbook. Why? The why? Well, let's look at this. Number one, study to show thyself approved unto God. By studying the playbook, you are showing God that you are a team player. Yeah. Said approved unto God. Not you say study to show yourself approved unto man. Study so you know you can walk around. I know the Bible at the back of my hand. Oh wow, he does. I'm going to follow him. No, study to show thyself approved unto God. Yeah. A workman needeth not to be ashamed. That means saying right there that when you get to play, you don't fumble the ball and get mocked for your lack of knowledge. You prove yourself to your boss. Let's say you paint houses. You prove yourself to your boss by doing such a good job that when those people come home to see their nice painted house, they say, okay, this is a good company. They did a good job. We don't want to be put to shame, the sinners. When they come and say, tell me about Jesus. You're a Christian. Tell me about Jesus. Oh, I don't really know much about him personally. What do you got? And yes, the Bible is a lifelong work. It's a lifelong study. We we find stuff all the time, new and you know. We can't learn everything that the Bible has for us because the Word of God is living. Amen. Amen. But we got to know enough. To be able to bring glory to the name of Christ. A workman not in need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, that's number three. Right, rightly dividing the word of truth. To know that you are on the right side or on the right team. That's why we also got to study the word of God. So we know we're on the right team. Amen. Most importantly, we have to make sure that we stay on the team. We cannot let the desire and fire die out. You see that with some players on the NFL teams. They play for so many seasons on one team that they just want to move on to a different team. They may not want to play anymore. Look at Tom Brady. Now I know he switched teams, but look, he's 40-something years old and he's still playing. He has not hinted at retirement because he loves the game so much. He loves it so much. We got to make sure we love the game still. We got to make sure we love serving Christ still. That we remember what he had done for us. We have to remember what our lives were like before we met Jesus. How Satan tossed us around. Assembling of the winning team. See we are entering the final minutes of the game. We are. These are the final minutes of the game. We may be tired, bruised, muddy, but victory is in sight. And in Jesus, we are a winning team. Amen. We're not a losing team. Christianity isn't being snuffed out. It's growing. Right. Hear that downstairs? 
They're worshiping God. It has not died out. Men and women are still getting saved. We are on the offense. We cannot quit. We must not stop. Timeouts are not an option. Jesus has assembled a winning team. He has a job for each and every one of us. And all he is asking is that we keep ourselves on the field. Keep walking with him in the garden. He redeemed us through his blood. He loves us. He is right there on the field with us. He is our quarterback. We're going straight for the end zone. Let's bring home victory in our lives today. As we bow our heads and close our eyes in reverence to him, are you part of this winning team? This body of Christ. Not just this local congregation we have, but the overall team. Are you on the same team as the Christians praying in caves in China? Are you on the same side as those worshiping God in secret in Afghanistan? Are you part of the number of millions of people worshiping God freely here in America? Are you on the team? Has God been dealing with your heart about doing something particular for Him? And you just don't know if it's going to be for you. Know that God has a job for you to do. He has a job for me to do. And together, we work together. Not exalting each other or one, you know, ourselves over each other. Not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought we can achieve greatness in the name of Jesus Christ but we got to make sure we're part of the team Lord I've endeavored to preach what you've laid on my heart I thank you for assembling this winning team and God I want to be part of this team I want to be part of a group of Men and women that love you, that worship you, that will pray for me. And I will in turn pray for them. Because we've got to do this together, Lord. We've got to do this together. We need each other. And more importantly, Lord, we need you. And we need you in our lives. Guiding this team. Showing us the playbook. What to do next. thank you Lord for all that you have done for us let us find a place to pray as she begins to sing this morning <laughs>